Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFT Nation podcast, the most relatable and reliable NFT and crypto podcast in the nation. Today, I am lucky enough to be here with with Felix MK, who is the lead content creator for Grape Finance. Grape Finance is a decentralized application looking to give rewards for the members of its community. There are many ways to invest into the Grape Finance ecosystem, like earning interest on holding a certain coin or even receiving airdrops from holding a great finance NFT. So without further ado, I'd like to give my guest the floor and allow him to introduce himself. How's it going, Felix? Welcome to NFT Nation. I'm doing well, Michael. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to uh, have you on the podcast today and learn more about you and everything you do inside of great finance. But with that, before we hop into learning more about you and what you do with great finance, do you mind explaining to the audience kind of who you are and maybe a brief explanation of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm from D.C. Um, I work as a camera operator and, and video editor, basically. But um, before I really got into crypto, you know, I was always like a big gamer, um, just kind of, <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, exploring the Internet, uh, interest in learning new things. And, and I feel like kind of with being a content creator that sort of goes hand in hand um so yeah that's uh that's kind of stuff i've always been interested in and crypto has been like a a more recent interest for me obviously um but it's been cool to be able to sort of blend that uh with some things i've been into in the past and and obviously my skills my professional skills too so yeah that's awesome i'm really excited to uh, learn more about what you do inside the crypto space and not only that, just your entire kind of content creation as a whole. But to start with that, uh, you obviously mentioned you create content. Like, what kind of content do you create either inside of the crypto space or out of it? Like, how, what, do you, what do you do with all that? Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, I mean, I've been working like for a few years as a camera guy and a video editor. Um, but for the most part, you know, that's, that's part of like a bigger team. So I've been, uh, from now and again, I would shoot like documentaries or small commercials if one of my friends had a business that needed some promo, you know what I mean? Uh, But I've never been like that invested in kind of developing my own platform until I really got into crypto uh, and and kind of realized that, you know, first of all, how much information is out there, how fast things are changing. And then 
you know, not to be disrespectful or sound like I'm an expert, but you know how how little information people have, how how hard it is to understand some of this stuff. So I felt like maybe you know I could help in some way as well as kind of like you know meet some interesting folks along the way. So uh, what I did was I, I started off kind of with my web two mindset of like you know I'll pitch I'll, I'll find some clients and I'll pitch them some projects some video projects and I'll you know I'll put a good price tag on it and I'll you know make a little side hustle out of it and uh, I did okay with that I mean uh, for the most part I realized that with some of these decentralized kind of organization styles there might there's devs and there might be some community managers but there's often not like a real centralized control structure so it's harder to negotiate those kind of like old school deals um, so what I did was I kind of just started my own YouTube platform uh, and released like a couple of animated kind of explainer videos and also some kind of uh, more like instructional videos where I dive into like how to use different platforms um, and, and from there that's kind of helped me sort of circle back uh, and work with some of these projects to kind of like make media on their behalf too um, so so yeah that, that's that's kind of where I'm at I do sort of a whole mix of stuff on my own YouTube channel which is just my name, uh, Felix MK. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the deep dive stuff is what I really enjoy making, you know, so like whiteboard animations or kind of stuff where you break down some of the more complicated, uh, concepts, like how does, a how does a pool work in a DEX? Like, so how does the price get determined with each trade? Uh, and that's stuff that, you know, I didn't fully understand when I started making the video either. Like I had an intuition for it, but then you, you know, you learn along the way and you meet people who know more than you. So that's been, uh, that's been kind of the process of, of making videos. Uh, you know, I feel like there's, um, on crypto YouTube specifically, there's like people who are more newscaster style. And then there are people who are, are really in the weeds of showing people how to use stuff. But the problem is that those people who are really like recording their screen and demonstrating stuff often, I feel like are also selling something at the same time. So uh, I feel like there's definitely a need for, you know, a little bit of in between kind of showing people how to navigate and also giving the big picture at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's really cool to see that me and you are kind of make similar content. We have the same kind of goal to spread the information to as many people as possible to give our best uh, kind of definitions of certain topics or just help people understand certain topics inside the crypto space. So it's really good to kind of talk to someone that's, has the same kind of plan as I do. But when you kind of on the topic of crypto and everything, can you talk about maybe your first interaction with crypto and when you first got into crypto? Hmm. Um, so honestly, Michael, I had, I had friends in college and I'm kind of an old man. So this will date me, but I guess this is back like, you know, mid uh, 2010s. Um, and I had some friends who were using uh, the Silk Road for, you know, for God knows what people use the Silk Road for. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, one of them had one of them had some Bitcoin. And I remember him just telling me one day, like, dude, the Bitcoin I was holding on to just uh, just went up like it doubled. And I wasn't really into like the stock market or trading at all. Um, but that I, I definitely remembered that. And, I, you know, I bought a little bit. I think I got a Coinbase account and I bought a little bit. I pretty much forgot about it. Um, and then, like, you know, come four or five years later, uh, I heard about NFTs and then uh, I rediscovered my account and it wasn't a lot. It was like maybe a couple hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin, but it had gone up. Uh, and then from there, it was just a process of, you know, discovering Ethereum and then other altcoins and other layer ones uh, and, and, you know, realizing all the different things people are using it for now. 
Yeah, that's awesome. You kind of just did a little experiment with crypto, and you're like, hey, ended up making a little bit of money, and you kind of hopped down the rabbit hole from there. It's really cool to see. But um, you talked about obviously you kind of just almost not not kind of accidentally got into、uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and then learned from there. Uh, do you do much NFT trading, or are you into NFTs at all? Um, yeah, I mean that is basically you know how, the reason I first created like my MetaMask, the you know the first coin I ever bought other than Bitcoin、uh, was ETH, right? To to buy some NFTs,、uh, to mint some NFTs actually.、Um, so that was like probably around the beginning, I would say January, December, January, beginning of this year, 2022.、Um, yeah. And so I, I was discovering some projects, kind of minting them on Ethereum,、uh, and, and kind of flipping some NFTs on OpenSea like that. Awesome, awesome!、Uh, it's nice to have someone that not only do they make really interesting content, they also share the same values and kind of hobbies as I do with crypto and NFTs. But to kind of start talking about great finance and kind of the basics of great finance and. Kind of learning all about that. Can you talk about how you maybe got started with great finance? Yeah. So, like I said,、um, uh, sometime after like、uh, selling NFTs on OpenSea, I got into like Algorand, and、uh, through discovering Algorand, you know, that was like my first experience with a Dex using a decentralized exchange called Tiny Man on Algorand,、uh, and they have a ton of different,、uh, you know, basically like. Uh, algo shit coins, they call them lovingly, but you know, just like tokens in the Algorand ecosystem. Yeah, that that projects can release, and it's really easy to make your own token. And, and NFT projects will come out with their own token,、um, and you know, they'll like、uh, give you different credits, or you can use them for giveaways and whatnot. So I thought that was pretty cool, and that really opened my eyes to like,、uh, you know, getting into. These kind of ecosystem tokens and like these small mint tokens, understanding because it's kind of like an NFT, but、uh, it, it can represent so many different things. So that that's that was like what opened my eyes to it. And then from there, I discovered、uh, the Phantom Network, Toon Finance, and Yorge projects.、Uh, and Great Finance was the one that、uh, really caught my eye over time as one that just had like consistent communication, a strong team,、uh, and most importantly, like. <laughs> the least degen、uh, emission schedule, which basically just allowed them to be more stable.、Um, so that, that's kind of how I discovered the project. Just hung out in the Discord, started talking to the mods, started talking to the team members,、um, submitting questions. You know, every now and again for their weekly AMA, and then you know it's cool. You're able to get a live answer from their dev when they do their video call, and then come back and tag him in the Discord and be like, "Thanks for the answer," or you know. That answer was bullshit. However, you feel about it,、um, and, and then they'll respond to you. And so it's just a cool process of like these are obviously smart guys、uh, who understand tokenomics, who obviously know how to code Solidity,、uh, and it's cool to just be able to get their perspective on stuff、uh, as an investor. So yeah, from there,、uh, yeah, those conversations kind of developed in me sort of helping them communicate, you know, all that information. That's awesome. It's really、uh, it's really cool to hear how you kind of got your start. It's Pretty interesting, and I think a lot of people can kind of resonate with that, especially if you're in a lot of Discord communities and you're talking with people all the time. You end up making these kind of bonds or even friendships within those communities, and you kind of work your way up.、Uh, many times it can happen where they just trust you because you've been there so long. The world there, 
they'll kind of give you certain jobs or even certain roles inside the Discord or just the project as a whole, which is really cool to see. But with Grape Finance, if any of the listeners today are maybe have never heard of Grape Finance or having trouble kind of understanding what it is, can you kind of give a basic uh, summary of what Grape Finance is? Yeah, sure. And uh, shameless plug, there's also a great video that kind of describes it with some graphics uh, on my channel. But Grape is essentially a seniorage project uh, that started off as a fork of Tomb Finance, uh, which I guess some people would say is a, for- a fork of Basis Cash. But the idea is that um, you have like a two token system. One is the share token and the other is a peg token, which is pegged to in Tomb, it's pegged to Phantom. Um, at Basis, it was pegged to a dollar. And that's actually what Grape does too. There's just pegged to MIM, which is like a $1 stable coin. Um, so the, the whole idea of the protocol is that by holding and staking your wine tokens, which is the share token over time, uh, the protocol prints more Grape as long as Grape stays above that price of MIM. So it's kind of like an elastic supply situation where uh, they try to you know slow to slowly push the price down to $1 if it goes higher. And then they'll stop printing it and let people buy it back up to one dollar if it goes lower. Uh, and, and you know, the whole time they're basically offering rewards for people to buy and hold the tokens, uh, so that they can kind of direct that liquidity towards different like partner projects or investments and whatnot. So recently, there's been like a new exchange launching on Avalanche, and Grape I think has like the uh, sort of deepest liquidity pool in that exchange, it's called Swapsicle. It's about like a million dollars worth of value in the great MIM pool over on Swapsicle. Uh, but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, that's kind of like the backbone of DeFi essentially is being able to uh, make those investments, redirect liquidity, provide liquidity for new platforms. Uh, and then the test over time is, you know, what, what kind of products and what kind of revenue can you generate from that liquidity? So it's getting a little bit macro, um, but yeah. that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the journey that Grape is on. It started as a sort of basic fork where it's printing the Grape token and giving people rewards uh, for holding the Grape token. And now, you know, they're still distributing those rewards, but they're also on their way to kind of developing a bunch of other uh, like platforms to sort of go around that system as well. That's awesome. Uh, what would you say kind of like the main goal of great finances? Like there might be many, many goals, but what's the kind of the broad goal, would you say? Right. So the broad goal is basically to just increase the circulation of the grape token and make the grape token something that's, you know, similar to MIM or USDC and not in the way that it's collateralized and like hard pegged to $1 but in the way that it can be used, you know, on different blockchains, at different exchanges, it can be used to pay, you know, different play to earn games, just to make Grape like a token that's useful across the whole Avalanche ecosystem and even and even different blockchains. That's awesome. I love that uh, goal. I think it's something that can definitely be achieved. I think it's important to understand kind of be realistic with goals and stuff like that so i'm really excited to kind of hop more in depth of what great finance is and kind of uh, broaden my knowledge on great finance and especially letting the audience know all about great finance so with great finance there's many many different features could you maybe describe some of the strongest features or the most important features that are a part of what great finance is yeah, sure. So as someone who's like just discovering the project, uh, the most obvious kind of way you can interact with it 
is just by buying either the grape or the wine tokens and staking them in some way, either in the liquidity pools or in the winery or in a, by making a node um, and getting some kind of return on those tokens, right? So that's like the obvious way that most people get attracted uh, to the project. And it's kind of like where people normally start with it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, uh, and kind of with the features and everything, can you kind of, you, you mentioned the wine token, obviously, but can you uh, explain some more basics of great finance and what you can invest in and what you can buy within the platform? Yeah, sure. So essentially, like I said, grape is the token that they're trying to print and, and sort of expand over time. Um, and the key is that, you know, they want to expand it. So they're not expanding too fast that the supply shoots up and the price goes down below $1. Um, so they're trying to, you know, they print at uh, essentially it's 0.5% of supply every epoch and there's four epochs per day. So that's 2% of supply every day expansion. And then a little over half of that actually goes to the great treasury. So it's more like 1% per day expansion. So that's the grape token. It's constantly expanding in supply right now. It's a little over 3 million grapes in circulation. Uh, the wine token is capped at 45,000 uh, supply. And it's uh, kind of like a fixed expansion schedule that will last through January next year. Um, and so right now we're about like, uh, I want to say 40% of the way through like the total release of wine tokens. Um, and the wine token is, is the share token that you, you basically can stake in the boardroom. And, and that gives you a share of those grapes that are being printed every day. So that 1% expansion of grapes goes the way they distribute it is to anyone who's holding wine and stakes it in the in the boardroom they get you know a share of that print awesome and when you mentioned staking some uh members of the audience may have trouble fully understanding what staking is especially with inside of great finance can you kind of explain maybe give a basic kind of 101 of what staking is and maybe how it works for the great finance ecosystem yeah, it's a great question because it is like a, a sort of broad term, right? But essentially, you know, like the basic interaction you can have with crypto is like you have your Coinbase account, you buy a Bitcoin and you hold it, right? And you wait for the price to go up and then at some point you sell it. Um, but staking is basically like, you know, opening a savings account for that crypto where you get interest on it. So um, and, and different platforms like Coinbase allows you to stake on Coinbase, actually. Uh, but if you want to sort of get a little more advanced with it and you get, you know, a MetaMask wallet and you connect to the Avalanche blockchain and, you know, you get some grape tokens, you can stake on the grape finance website and grape is giving you, you know, much higher uh, APY, APR percentage than if you were to just stake coins on Coinbase. So essentially staking is just, to, you, you know, a way of depositing into some kind of pool or some kind of vault or some kind of uh, account to earn interest. And there's different there's different like twists on that. Um, so, for example, with the standard way on Coinbase, you can withdraw your uh, Bitcoin or whatever you staked. You can withdraw it at any time. Um, and with uh, other options, like for example, if a node, the tokens you put in there are actually locked forever. You're never getting them back, but you're getting like a higher percentage back every day. So there's there's kind of like different forms that are kind of like higher risk or more long term staking as well. Yeah, that's cool. I really appreciate you giving that basic definition of staking just because sometimes I can tell a lot of times when I'm listening to podcasts or stuff and they're talking about certain topics, 
they forget to kind of explain even what they're talking about. So I think that's really going to help people understand uh, everything about staking and kind of the benefits of it. But with Great Finance, there's also a big NFT kind of section of the ecosystem. And yes, can you talk yes. about uh, kind of just all, all, you don't have to mention like all the NFTs, I'm sure there's a, a lot of them, but can you talk about maybe the different types of NFTs, the different types of collections that are inside Great Finance and the benefits for holding a uh, winery NFT as well? Uh, um. Well, there are 2,700, so you're right that <clears throat> I probably won't go through them one by one. But actually, there's only a few types, so it's kind of different from a traditional NFT collection where, you, you know, it's like a generally character-based, right? And they have different traits to make them all unique. In the grape system, there's actually only four unique types, uh, and those represent different tiers. So it's 2,700 total. Uh, the tier one, they're all, uh, you know, forms of wine, right? So the tier one is going to be uh, uh, bagged wine so like if you bought a box of franzia pulled the bag of wine out of there uh, and they call that the goon sack then the next tier up is going to be the wine glass next up you have the decanter and then the top tier is the goblet um, and what those nfts do is that anyone who holds uh, a great finance node and at least one nft you get a uh, airdrop so they say it's monthly but actually the project's kind of booming right now. So it's more like weekly or every two weeks. But um, what they do is they, you know, a share of the fees that they take from people who buy nodes, they put them in this little pool and they airdrop that pool, you know, every two weeks or every three weeks uh, to whoever holds NFTs. So, you know, the higher tier NFT you have, you get a bigger share of the airdrop basically. That's awesome. Uh, uh, talking about, rewards and i'm obviously big in the nfts there's a reason it's called the nft nation podcast but uh talking about <laughs> rewards and everything through great finance some people might wonder how the rewards are set up or what, are, what rewards can they expect uh obviously nothing is guaranteed inside this market but say you stake your crypto or through great finance or your uh, kind of investing in great finance through different means. What type of rewards can be expected for someone that is looking to start using great finance? Right. Um, so the rewards that they offer at great finance uh, kind of range depending on which option you choose, right? So what we we're talking about with staking wine and getting a share of the fresh grape prints. That's one of the higher APY options. So I think you actually get like over 1% a day, um, which is something like four or 500% APR, which is, you know, extremely high. And then the farms where you hold like a mix of great MIM and you're adding to that liquidity pool on the decks um, and you're getting like a share of the trading fees. Plus you're also getting some wine tokens as an extra reward. That's more like uh, 0.7% per day, which is still really high. You know, it's like 250, 300% APY. Yeah. Um, so those are like the rewards just in terms of percentage. Um, the important thing to remember is that uh, you're holding like grape and wine tokens. So, you know, those are a little bit volatile. Uh, wine is much more volatile. And then you're getting your rewards generally in wine tokens or for some of the nodes, you get grape tokens as a reward. But, you know, the point is that you're not getting like a USDC or something as your reward. You're getting more grape tokens as your reward. So. Uh, the rewards are like subject to the price of grape, essentially. 
Um, and that's a, that's kind of an important thing to remember as far as like how the system works is that it is an inflationary system, right? So um, you're, you're getting rewards through inflation of the wine token getting distributed. Uh, so it does rely on basically like more volume, more trading volume coming into the ecosystem. And that's why, uh, you know, they keep rolling out new features like nodes, like partnerships with the DEXs, like the NFT collection. Um, so it's like an interesting kind of race against time in a sense where they are inflating their token count, but they're they're betting that they can release enough updates and, you know, develop enough new uses for the tokens to make it so that it spreads across the ecosystem and, and you know, faster than the actual supply inflates, essentially. That's awesome. I, I think it's a it's a really it's a very kind of probable thing to make a decent return on investment for using great finance and their many different applications within that. But to kind of close out the kind of great finance section of this episode, so great finance has a very long roadmap, and they've obviously completed a bunch. Of or in the majority of what they are set out to do, can you talk about some of the completions of that roadmap that might have been most important to uh, where Great Finance is today, and maybe even what you're most excited about Great Finance doing in the future? Sure. Um, I mean, I yeah, I honestly can't say like enough positive things about the speed and like just the sort of innovation behind uh, the updates they've released so far, right? So um, we talked about how they started off as just like a fork of Tomb Finance. And that style of project, honestly, unfortunately has a bad reputation for uh, just developers that are lazy and, you know, either rug pull or soft rug pull or semi rug pull or whatever you want to call it, uh, where they just, you know, launch a new project, rip the code off GitHub uh, and, and basically put in no effort. So right away, you know, it's hard to earn people's trust with that style of project where it's kind of high risk, tokens are coming out. Uh, but what Grape did over time was just kind of slow down the emissions, kind of turn down that kind of like intense, like, uh, you know, promising shiny object rewards that a lot of these projects offer. And they just started rolling out updates that I personally hadn't seen before. So the NFT drop was a big one, in my opinion. Um, where, you know, there really hadn't been other DeFi projects of that size uh, that had released NFTs that were like collected to the, you know, connected to the fees on the system where you're getting some kind of share of the revenue. Like I can think of um, Platypus Finance is a big DEX with, you know, venture capital, multi-million dollar investment, right? And they, they're doing that. But Grape kind of just rolled it out on their own with some pixel art and it took them some time. Uh, and, and a lot of people in the Discord, I think, even were like, I, I don't really see how this is going to work. This is taking forever. Uh, but then I was one of the people who actually got a free one for having to stake some tokens at the time, right? They just kind of quietly did a little snapshot, send some out to some of the people who were staking. Um, and, and at the time, they were worth like one AVAX. Now the, the minimum floor price is like 15, right? So it, it's gone crazy. And it just shows like so many other similar DeFi projects now have also launched an NFT collection with a similar function. Um, and then, you know, they added nodes to their their project in a way that like a lot, we've seen a lot of node projects come out and just die. But uh, their nodes were kind of tuned in a way where again, the rewards were not super crazy high. They weren't promising too much and they kind of 
worked it in with the rest of the project. So they gave some of the rewards to the NFT holders, people who bought NFTs, uh, who minted NFTs, you know, they use some of those fees to add to the treasury and kind of add to the liquidity. So they're just smart about how they balance things out um, and, and they just keep rolling out uh, interesting updates. So those are, I think the NFT collection and the nodes are some huge ones. And then the next ones I'm looking forward to are gonna be uh, kind of a system to like lend and borrow against your grape. So either you can like leverage trade your grape or you can deposit some wine and borrow some grape against it to yield farm on that. So you don't have to sell your wine. So that's going to be an interesting platform. Uh, I want to see if they also like incorporate lending and borrowing other tokens from other projects. Um, yeah, and then and then the new decks that we talked about, uh, Swapsicle. That's a that's a cool project in my opinion. I, I like them just because the majority of their tokens are going out to people who uh, are yield farming. Like they don't have a whole ton of tokens for the team. Um, they're really open about you know where their token distribution is at, and I think that's crucial. So yeah, that's, yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate you kind of laying that out there and letting everyone know not only like the kind of history of the roadmap but what what uh great finance is looking forward to completing or maybe even just some bright spots in the future for great finance if anyone in the audience is looking to kind of learn more about great finance and everything it has to offer i'll leave a couple links in the show notes for easy access to that um and felix i want to thank you again for kind of coming on and explaining great finance but with that all out of the way, I want to learn more about what you do inside the space. I know you gave a kind of brief explanation of what you do at the beginning of this episode, but I think it's it'd be it's kind of interesting everything you do, not only with your YouTube channel and the content you create, but also um, the many other things you work on. And can you kind of explain more in depth of the YouTube videos you make and what uh kind of what goes into them like what's what's the day-to-day look like for felix sure yeah so uh as we were discussing camera if it was before the recording or not right i actually work uh, full-time as a camera operator and an editor um for i don't i don't want to dox them too hard but for just like a big contractor agency mm-hmm. um so you know time to time i have to drive in uh to the studio and, and shoot a little bit in there and then obviously i have editing that i do from home for that uh, so in between that, uh, what I really like to do is, you know, I'll, I'll uh, research projects. I mean, that's just kind of what I do anyway, right? I like investing in these projects. I, I want to make sure I understand them before I do that. So I'm always kind of jumping around discords, looking at announcements, kind of trying to read a little bit more into the announcements, seeing if it's been done before, seeing how that went, etc. So that's that's kind of all been going around in my head for a while. And then you know, I'll just knock out a few scripts at a time. And when I have a chance, I got uh, the little green screen in my bedroom, just pop it up behind the, the desk and try to record some videos. So that's that's kind of what I do. And, and when I'm recording, I like to, uh, you know, kind of demonstrate how to use it. And obviously also I try to emphasize, you know, the risks as well as just like, oh, my God, 100% APY, 300% APY, you know, because I think we see a ton of that. So I try to give like a, a good balance as well. Yeah. That's awesome. And to kind of continue on what you do, looking at your link tree, you have something called the My Algo NFT collection. Can you kind of give some explanation of that and uh, kind of, yeah, just give go more in depth on what that is? Yeah, for sure. So that's, um, if you click on that, actually, that's just my Algorand uh, NFT collection. So Algorand's a blockchain um, 
a blockchain. Uh, you could call it a blockchain, I guess, once it really gets momentum. But the point is, they have like low transaction fees. It's a fun, uh, it's a fun blockchain to trade NFTs on, in my my in, uh, in my opinion. So I still have a, a good few NFTs on there that I'm kind of holding. Uh, honestly, holding a lot of Ethereum NFTs just kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, yeah. because of the transaction fees because of the volatility because you know eth itself but these are you know cheaper entities some of them i got for free uh some of them i you know i, I might have paid 30 bucks for or whatever uh and, and i honestly just think they're pretty cool so um i'm awesome. still holding on to a good few of these and uh yeah proud of my collection it used to be a little bit bigger but uh mm-hmm. yeah i still got some some keepers yeah so yeah that's that's awesome i'm really uh happy you were able to come on and kind of state what you do and to learn more about you and what you do inside of great finance and i kind of want to get before i have one question uh before we go one more question Mm. and but before that i would just like to give you the floor and kind of let the audience know maybe where they can find you on different social medias kind of just you got just that you have the floor say whatever you want and uh yeah just go right ahead before this last question Oh, right on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we got into a lot of interesting topics just now, honestly. So, yeah, if anyone wants to check me out, you can find me on Twitter or on YouTube, uh, Felix underscore MK. Uh, so it's Felix underscore MKAY on Twitter or just underscore MK on YouTube. Uh, should be pretty easy to find. I'm dropping, you know, try to try to put a video out every, you know, two or three every week and uh, just different DeFi strategies, different you know, sites for yield farming, uh, different DeFi projects, new DEX is coming out. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on. That's uh, that's where I'm at, and I'd love to hear from you guys. So yeah, definitely reach out on Twitter, YouTube. Let me know if you guys think any of these strategies are useless, useful. Um, I'm, you know, I'm happy to hear it all. So. Yeah, and uh, on that kind of topic, I will have uh, all of Felix's kind of social media links in the show notes as well with great the great finance links as well. So... The last question I have for you today, I ask it to every podcast guest I have, and that is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, man. Um, I think um, I think it would be some kind of like teleporting, you know? Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever, ever played the game like Overwatch, but they got that yeah. character Tracer. She can kind of like blink around and then she can also like rewind Ooh, time cool. and sort of teleport back to where yeah. she's at. So just you know, some kind of combination like that. Maybe I'd like to be able to, you know, just get on top of the Empire State Building for a second uh, and come back down. Maybe, you know, skip a 12 hour flight. I feel like there's a lot of useful stuff yeah. to do with that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I really, I think I could uh, see myself having that superpower as well. But I, I do want to thank you for coming on today and kind of taking time out of your day to explain what you do and great finance. But I also want to thank the listeners today. You all are the whole reason uh, Felix and I are here today is to give you all the best information possible because the it, we are the most relatable and reliable NFT and crypto podcast in the nation. So, you know, I try to I try to get some people that can give a relatable look inside the crypto space just like i do on a kind of daily basis but uh also if you want to support the show in any way possible you know there's multiple ways you can do it you can either follow us on social media and kind of interact with us on there 
Uh, the links will be in the show notes as well. It is at NFT underscore nation underscore podcast on all different social medias. That is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and even YouTube. Also, give us five stars on the Spotify page. That really helps us grow. It lets Spotify know that, hey, we're a pretty small podcast here, but, you know, their content is pretty good, and maybe they should get some more publicity. But also, yeah, come on, guys. What are, yeah. what are you at? Like four point eight, four point nine? <laughs> yeah, That's unacceptable, yeah. man. Yeah, we gotta get those five stars. Let's start. Let's start rounding it up. We could use some help. But uh, um, feel free to also share this episode with a friend if you want uh, some of your friends to learn about great finance as well as the work Felix is doing. So yeah, guys, I really uh, just want to say thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart again for listening and. Felix, do you want to say anything before you head out here? No, I just want to say thanks to you, Michael. This has been, uh, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed listening to the last couple episodes of the podcast since I discovered you guys. And, uh, you know, keep at it. It's, it's a ton of interesting information. So thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for me, uh, everyone. Have a good day.